Well, good morning. How you doing? Now, I must tell you up front, you know, I'm, I, I tell them I wasn't going to say it, but I'm, I need to let you know that the 930 service said you guys weren't going to make any noise, that you were going to be quiet, and that they were way louder than you could ever be. Can we prove them wrong today? <laughs> I want you to know I'm excited to be here. I bring you greetings from Love Fellowship Church over in the Holden Heights community of here in Orlando. That's over off of Michigan Avenue in the trail. I told them this morning uh, our, our um, community uh, have street pharmacists, sidewalk hostesses. Uh, <laughs> that's all right. I used to be slow, too. <laughs> but, but, but we're excited to be where we are because we get to touch what I call the last, the least, and the lost. We get the opportunity to be good Samaritans on the regular, meaning we're able to go into the ditch and help people come up and live better lives. And so we bring you greetings once again. Love Fellowship Christian Church, a place where God is seeing love is felt, lives are being changed. And uh, hopefully she'll be able to make it. Uh, my wife of 37 years supposed to be coming over since she preached this morning, since I was hanging out over here. Uh, amen. But we're excited about being here. I thank Pastor Mark and Pastor Peter for giving me this opportunity to come share with you. And then as I was saying, I'm one of those preachers I like for you to talk back to me. And so he did say, he gave me say, I give them permission to talk during service today. And so, if you don't know the person sitting next to you, just introduce yourself real quick, because I'm going to have you talking to them the whole message, okay? And so, uh, let's get ready to jump into the Word of God. Y'all ready for this? Come on, holler back at your boy. Say, hallelujah! From the book of Acts, from the book of Acts, the continuing acts of the apostles, I like to call the continuing acts of Jesus Christ in preparation to bring the church on the scene. From Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, it says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, and commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Verse 8. But you shall receive power. Go on and holler back at me and say power. You shall receive. Yeah, I love it. I felt that right up here. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And if you will hang with me for just a little while, I believe God is going to show up here in a mighty way. I want to talk to you from this thought. God has positioned me for my promise. God has positioned me for my 
promise. I want you to know I'm excited about being here. I'm excited about what God is doing, but I'm most excited because I believe I'm here at Northwest because I believe God has me here on a divine assignment this morning. I believe God has sent me by here. Uh, this little old short fella that was brought up in Indiana, loved, spent time in the Navy. I went through all of that just to get here on today so to be able to tell you and clear up some stuff for you in this somebody here today. My assignment is to let somebody in here know, here we go, that your pre-cross and your after-cross and your post-cross experience, those post cross encounters were merely in place to position you and prepare you to receive the promise. Let me roll it back. I say I went a little too fast. You got to understand that everything that you've been going through, all the stuff that has hit your life, all the stuff that uh, God has ever promised you, he says, I took you through some stuff in order to get you to the stuff to bring stuff to pass in your life. I wish I had 10 of y'all say, yes, it's getting ready to happen. It's getting ready to happen. There are some things, oh my God, there are some things you had to go through. I'm going to say it again. There's some stuff you had to go through. Though Jesus didn't necessarily want to go to the cross, I know he didn't want to go. He said, because Father, uh, uh, if, if, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, let thy will be done. He didn't want to have to go, but he had to go. Watch this. There's some stuff you had to go through. It didn't feel good. It wasn't like you thought it was going to be. Uh, you got rejected. You've been neglected, but you had to go through it. There's some stuff. I'm going to help somebody real quick. There's some stuff you had to go through because if you didn't go through it, God made it let go of you because you wouldn't let go of it. <laughs> Are you still here? So, 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 so you had to go through it. So, but if you didn't go through it, you wouldn't be able to handle the level of promise that God wants to put on your life. So if y'all can make me feel at home a little bit, lean over and encourage your neighbor and say, neighbor. Oh, say it like you feel it down in your bones. Say, neighbor. God really wants to bless you this morning. That's important for somebody to catch because for many, the pre-cross stuff and the at-the-cross issues have many of us ready at the point of giving up. Stuff we've been going through have some of us ready to throw in the towel. But I need to encourage you right here by at the beginning of the message before I get way to the end. Don't wait for me to get to the end. I'm going to tell you something right now. In the text, in verse 5, it says that because of your positioning, you need to be ready for promise because the text says it's getting ready to happen not many days hence. Church folk don't know when to shout. Uh, uh, you got it. He says it's getting ready to happen not many days hence. Meaning in a few days. Meaning in just a little while. Meaning it's not going to be much longer. Meaning that God's going to really bless your neighbor, and if God's going to bless your neighbor, he's in the neighborhood. The text says not many days hence, not many days hence. The word hence means as a consequence of or for the reason of. So don't miss this, y'all. Luke is writing that because of all that Jesus went through at the cross and on the cross, 
that there's going to be some after-the-cross experiences that's going to change your life forever. Mm. That means because of your cross moments, you're getting ready to have an after-the-cross blessing that's going to blow your mind. And that, watch this. I wish I had the real folk up in here who didn't have no shame in their game in here. Uh, yeah, who wouldn't sit here and act like they haven't had some cross experiences. Jesus even lets us know that we all have a cross or some crosses to bear because he always tells us, take up your cross and follow me. My assignment this morning is to let you know that the stuff of your pre-cross and at the cross moments are more about getting you into the right position to receive the promise and to walk at the level of power for the church to function and live at the level God's intent for his church to function. Don't miss it, y'all. Don't miss it. The text teaches us something very powerful here. It lets us know that God knows, here it is, how to take the disadvantages of our dead ends and use them as an opportunity to propel his plan into the spectrum of his greater glory and for our greater good. Okay, let me, let me, let me tell you this way. You went through it for his glory, but for your good. Yeah, roll it back, let me say it real slow. <laughs> you, you went through it for his glory but for your good. Watch this. All things work together for good who love them and, and are called according to his purpose. Look at your name and say, neighbor, it didn't feel good, but it's working together for good. Uh, let me say this. Don't devalue the next moments that you're having with Jesus. And we have a way as a church of devaluing the intimate moments with the master because we're caught up on situations and we miss the opportunity for real relationship development. There's some stuff you're going through, God says, so you could draw nigh unto me. Mm. But what happened is you got into a situationship. <laughs> and because of the situationship, you withdrew. Instead of drawing two. Are you listening to me? That, that means many of us, because of our cross moments, we lose focus. Many of us, because of our cross moments, we feel like we're not going to survive. Because Jesus, who was our last hope, appears to have lost. Because on the cross, he, suffered, he hung his head and died. Have you ever felt like you were at the end of your rope and there was no hope? Possibilities crushed, dreams deferred, hopes handcuffed, hands tied up, predicaments are problematic, vision diminished, and you felt like life was over. And then what adds insult to injury, uh, watch this, uh, it amplifies our agony and magnifies our misery is when our present state appears to be our permanent reality. Meaning, it looks like. There's no way out. Who in here would be honest with me and say, Pastor Bishop Robinson, I've been there. Yeah, thank you, sir. I felt that too. 
I've been there. I've, I felt like I was at my wit's end. I felt like where the situation not only appeared to be getting worse, it seemed to be at the end of any possibility or hope of ever getting any better. Can I free somebody else up in here today? Because some of y'all going through it, but you, you don't want nobody to know. I understand. I, I feel you. Let me free you. In the midst of your situation, while you are going through what you're going through, you got to take time to realize and remember that God is in control. Mm. Uh, uh, just, just smack somebody a high five and say, God is in control. Dad go, dad go. Some of y'all needed to do a high 10 because... Watch this. You got to realize God is in control. If you're ever going to make the best of bad situations, if you're ever going to walk to the, at the level that God wants you to walk at, you got, if you want to be able to see good when everything looks bad, you got to stop concentrating on the situation and start focusing on a sovereign God. Verse 7 says, and he said unto them, it's not for you to know the times. It's not for you to know the times of the season which the Father has put in his power. Meaning it's under my control. And most of us, my brothers and sisters, spend an inordinate amount of time focusing on the timing of the season that we miss or we bypass and we retard the preparation required for the season. And God said, I was letting you go through some stuff in order to prepare you for your next level. Are you still here with me? Just holler back, say, I'm still here, I'm still here. Yeah, bless your heart, bless your heart. Get this, you will miss the power of the season, worrying about timing and worrying about when it's all going to happen because there are some things that God is going to allow you to go through, not to hurt you, but it prepares you for your not many days hence moments in your life. That promise that he said, he said, if you could just hold on, Things are going to get better. Nudge somebody and say, hold on, hold on. Come on, you better tell them again. They're getting ready to quit. They're getting ready to throw in the towel. They're getting ready to say, I can't take it anymore. Hit them again and say, hold on. Watch this. Why would you tell us to do that? Because Jesus talking to the disciples tells them, stay here until he tells them, wait here. Until. Now, it's important to catch this. Jesus, why would you put so much emphasis on waiting here? Well, it's important to catch because the last time crisis hit their life, the last time they had a dilemma, they scattered. You got to understand. He says, just a little while ago, when problems hit, you left. Just a little while ago, just a little while ago, when they questioned you about who you was with, you said you didn't know who I was. Oh, God, help me up in here. Okay, take them out and put yourself in. What did you do the last time problems hit your life? 
when folk identified you as the believer? Did you start cussing to throw them off? Okay, now I know nobody would do that. <laughs> because that's what Peter did. Peter was standing around in the fire with some of the other boys trying to hide in the crowd. And they say, aren't you? One, Peter said, no, that ain't me. No, 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 no. no. I don't even roll like that. Right, right. So, 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 so they, 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 they kept saying that. They like, aren't you? Peter, Peter, aren't you? <laughs> one, one of them that, no, no, no. So Peter said, you know what? If they ask me that one more time, I got some form. And so I believe the spirit of the sailor came out of Peter. And Peter said, I rock a rock a rock a rock a rock No, that ain't me. And we do that at times because we don't know how to handle the pressures that hit our lives. Are you still here with me? Jesus tells me, he said, stay here, wait. He said, the last time you scattered. He said, but I need you to stay in place and wait for the promise. Encourage your neighbor. Say, neighbor, say this time, don't run, but stick and stay in spite of what it looks like. Because we have a way of letting what things look like determine whether or not we're going to stick and stay. Are you still here with me? He said in verse 4, wait for the promise. He said, wait for what my daddy said he's going to give you to you. Wait right here. Tarry here in Jerusalem. I need to tell y'all this. If God promises you something, you can rest on the fact that he's going to bring it to pass. Are you still here with me? Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I see a promise hanging over your head right now. And whatever's hanging over your head, whatever the promise is, you got to know that it won't be long to God bring it to pass if you can stick and stay until it shows up, which means every thought and every promise that God ever made about you before the foundation of the earth, before time ever began, has to come to pass. He that have begun a good work in you shall see it through to the day of completion. Let me tell you, if God couldn't back it up, he would have never said it in the first place. But I know, y'all, I know why some of us struggle with holding on to a promise from God because we know how we are. And we try to treat God the way we treat others. Uh, okay, okay. Y'all don't want to be honest with me. But some of us know that we flaky. Some of us know that we shady. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Some of, some of us know that we messy. Y'all ain't saying nothing with me. Uh, some, some, of, some of us know that we, that we are linked to people that are in high-maintenance relationships, but I ain't going to go there today. R.C. Sproul wrote in his book, The Holiness of God, it says this about God's holiness. What God does is always consistent with who God is. He always acts according to his holy character. God's internal righteousness is the moral excellence of his character. It is rooted in his absolute purity. There is no shadow of his turning in him. And as a holy God, 
he is utterly incapable of an unholy act. There is a consistency in God, a straightness about who he is. Meaning, if I say it, it has to come to pass. But you stuck. Here's the other reason why you have problems waiting on the promise. Because you stuck on the, the thought of time. And God said, you're worried about time. And I've already worked it out in eternity. You got to understand that God is outside of time. You are living in time. And he says, whatever going on in your life, I already took care of in eternity. Y'all making me work real hard. <laughs> he says, I'm outside of time. I'm in eternity. And he says, you're in time. But whatever's going on in your life in time has already been taken care of in eternity. He says, so why are you wasting time worrying about stuff that's already taken care of? He says, here's the reason why you had to go through some things. He said, I was simply trying to teach you how to submit your arrogant spirit to my will. Now, one of, that's one of them, if you can't say amen, say ow, man. <laughs> he said, I'm trying to get, okay, you don't realize it, but many of us walk with an arrogant spirit. You know what that spirit is called? Pride. Watch it. And we know we have arrogant, prideful spirits because there's things going on in our lives and we don't ask God to help us. Right. <laughs> He, said, he says, I'm trying to get you to bring your arrogant spirit to my will. And he says, and the way that the way you get your spirit to submit to his spirit so that you can walk in the fullness of the power is to get away into a place and have an upper room encounter with God in prayer. So he says, tarry here, wait here in Jerusalem until. Now I was a little perplexed because I said, until, that seemed like a long time, God. It bothered me, God, until, what, what are you trying to accomplish in the until moment? Are you still here? He says, I need you to stay there until, watch this, you're able to work together and pray together. and posi- Watch this. He says, you'll determine how long until is. Because... Until you could get into the room and start praying and start letting prayer work on you. Let me help somebody. You've been praying for God to change your neighbor. He said, but if you pray long enough, your neighbor may never change, but you will. And what you thought was wrong with your neighbor wasn't really nothing wrong with them. You had issues yourself. Oh, God. Okay. I'm getting ready to go home. I might, I might, need, I might need about five minutes over time. Here, here we go. Here we go. Watch this. Watch this. It's in the upper room that, they're, that, that, they, that, that they start praying together. Watch this. And when they come together and pray, that things change in their lives. You got to realize that real prayer is the catalyst to the release of the promise of God in your life. You got to realize that prayer precedes power. Prayer precedes your promise. 
Are you listening to me? It's in the upper room as they're praying is that, that, that they're able to get past their pre-cross issues. Pre-cross, these boys couldn't get along. Pre-cross, they were jockeying for position. They was worried about who was going to sit on the right and who was going to sit on the left. Pre-cross, my brother, Peter was cursing and cutting. Y'all don't believe me. I just explained to you he was, he, he was cussing folk out by the fire, right? But it's that same Peter when they come and they grab hold of Jesus. It was Peter who went to church packing that night and cut the man ill. Now, I would have got on straight street because Jesus, even in that moment, picked up the ear and put it back on the man's head. I don't know if Jesus would ever made it to the cross if they was waiting on me because if a man could just take and pick somebody. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all more deep than I am. Y'all more deep than I am. Look at it. Huh? Huh? So, so watch this. Those same people who had denied Jesus, but after the cross, they come together and stay until, until, watch this, it wasn't dealing with time. It was dealing with until they came together on one accord. My grandmother would say, boy, prayer changes things, and if you'll let it, it'll change you too. The father knew all along that the church, not the building, not the brick and mortar, but the church, the people, wouldn't be able, ready to handle explosive growth if they couldn't love one another without being judgmental and critical. Yeah. You know, because you know in church, in church, I, I, let me just talk about love fellowship because I know it don't happen here. Uh, but in church, you know, we get territorial. <laughs> they sitting in my seat. They know I sit there every week. <laughs> and now somebody brings in a neighbor and a friend and says, I want to introduce you to my church because great things are happening at my church. And now they, they're offended because you told them, hey, baby, you need to move. That's my seat. Okay. Or people come in, they got issues in their life. Right? And, 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 and we have a way of being messy. Okay, that's what, that's what I would say at my church. I can't say that here. Uh, we, 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 we have a way of being nosy and worried about how people got to where they are. How did they get caught up in that? They should know better than that. Yeah. Uh-huh. He said, you got to stay here in prayer until you're able to get past being judgmental and critical. Matter of fact, you got to, get, you got to stay there until you can get past being mean and messy. Amen. He said, I want you to be meek and not mean. Are you still here with me? Yeah. Watch this. That's why in chapter 3, you can find them, uh, them walking to the gate. There's a man at the gate begging. Watch this. And, and other people have been putting money in the man's basket. And watch this. And, 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 and here they come. And Peter, James, John say, silver and gold have I none but such as I have. Notice, they didn't ask him, well, 
Bruh, how did you get like this? How long are you going to be out here? How long are you going to let people to pay you to stay the way you are? Somebody catch that next week. So here it is, here it is. You'll get to the place where you don't question how they got there. But you're saying, God used me as a source of change in somebody's life. Are you still here? Look at somebody and say, I want to be used by God. So in order to tap into your not many days his blessings, you got to have a dependence and a reliance upon the supernatural power of God to overcome your situation. And God wants you to know that what his presence and power can do in your life. Are you still here? So don't miss this. The key to tapping into your not many days, hence blessing, the key to walking in this promise that God has promised you, watch this, is that you got to learn how to use negative moments in your life as teachable moments and that you prepare you for the for fullness of the promise. Are you still here? Here's the last piece. To tap into this, you got to get to the point that after the Holy Ghost come upon you, that you're willing to share your story and your testimony with those that are around you. Woo! You're willing to do what? Share your story. And if the truth be told, we all got a story. We've all been through some stuff. I, I know Pastor Peter said I was the preacher's kid. I was the pastor's boy. But at the age of 17, I joined the Navy, and I tried to be all that a sailor could be. <laughs> you caught that, didn't you, Doc? Yeah. I was a drinking, cussing sailor because I grew up in church, but the church had never grew up in me. Are you still here? Look, somebody said, we all got a story. But it says, after the Holy Ghost come upon you, you shall receive power and that to be a witness. Watch this. This word witness deals with your life. It doesn't talk about you going to witness. Now, people, because of your encounter with God's promise, you're now able, people are able to see something vastly different about you and your life begins to talk before you ever open up your mouth. People who know you, people who know your story, people who know where you come from, people who know the stuff you've been through, people who know those rough days and those pitiful days of your life, guess what? They look at you and say something different about them. And now you're able to tell them, I had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. And it changed my life for the rest of my life. Now watch this. God wants us to want his presence and his power like never before. I'm done, but I need to share this with you. Is that the scriptures we've used to ask God for things was not really for us to ask for things. They were there because God wants us to use those scriptures to ask for him. We all know it. Watch, 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 watch how, watch how I do it. I'm, I'm going to start it off. Y'all finish for me. It says, the Bible says, if you ask, you shall what? If you seek, you shall what? If you knock, and the, the door shall be what? That passage was not about us getting stuff. 
that soak in. That's a Ben Gay moment. It's not about us getting stuff. But in the context of the text, it says, how much more will the Father give you the Holy Spirit, the promise, if you only ask or desire Him? 